Every gamer has that one game they want all of their friends to play. Maybe it's old. Maybe it's new. Maybe it's obscure. Or maybe it's the game that everyone is playing. Whatever it is, it's that one game you love to talk about. Join us as we ask each other to try this game. Right, Adam, do you like orcs? Uh, I, I like them as a concept. Do you like trolls and Grendels and Yetis? But sure. mostly orcs, yeah. yeah. Now, would you like to kill them and blow them up and see chunks of them sticking to the walls and ceilings of your room? Only if I do it with overly contrived contraptions. Okay, cool. So let's talk about Orcs Must Die 2, and really the whole series, which is a PC game. It was published by Robot Entertainment. Orcs Must Die 2 came out on July um, 30th, 2012. Orcs Must Die 1 came out, I think, a couple years before that. And Orcs Must Die 3, it comes out in July of 2021. Uh, it'll actually be the second release date. It's been out on Stadia for like a year. So no one's played it. Uh, <laughs> you can get it on Steam, and the third one, you know, for now, for on Stadium, and on the July 23rd, you'll be able to get it on uh, on Steam as well. And this is a tower defense game, except that it's not you're not looking down on your environment. You're actually it's a th you're actually controlling your character from a third person perspective. So you're wandering around these castles because it's fantasy, and you lay down these traps, and you actually have to do a lot of the fighting yourself, especially in the early waves when you just don't have a lot of traps. Mm -hmm. It's got a great sense of humor. The it's got two characters you can actually play co-op. The guy is sort of like uh, the Bruce Campbell type character, but really, really dumb. And the woman is kind of this long-suffering, you know, sidekick sort of thing who thinks this guy's an idiot. It's got a good sense of humor. It's gory as hell, but it's meant to be funny. It's got a cartoony look to it. I adore these games. And I thought, you know, with the third one coming out, we should absolutely give this one a swing. So what did you think of it? Uh, I didn't enjoy it. Did not? I, no, I didn't. Really? I, I do not get behind tower games. They bore the pants off of me, and this was no huh. exception. That's too um, bad. I mean, I understand the appeal. It is very charming. It is very pretty. It functions perfectly well, but I was bored to tears by tower defense mechanics. That's funny. I figured you'd you'd like the uh, the combo mechanic where you get you get more points depending on how many traps each orc has to set off before he's finally killed. You know, bouncing back and forth and being thrown through the air and set on fire and then tossed into a pit. I figured that would be right up your alley. And sure, that might be more interesting to me if it wasn't like a two-minute cooldown on a trap. Like, the, yeah. the cooldowns seem exceptionally long, so the majority of the time it's it's either you're you're spending everything on the tower defense or you're just running around and doing it yourself. And I, I played until the level where you started getting uh, natural walls that were put up that the, that the orcs had to break through. Oh, and it okay. was three three lanes. So I played so you through play, You played the levels. campaign? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, I mean, I, I I figured that that's probably the best way to go about it. Um, and you go about unlocking things, and mm -hmm. it just, 
yeah, it, it didn't do much for me. I Like I said, I get it. It is a very well-executed game. Technically, mm -hmm. it is fantastic. It looks like it is very fun to anybody who enjoys a tower defense game, just not me. That's too bad. Yeah, I mean, the one thing about it is it does have a whole upgrade system, right? So mm -hmm. you do have to play the campaign most of the way through. Otherwise, you're playing the same one or two levels, one after the other after the other, so you can gain right. enough skulls in order to... You know, to upgrade your trap, you know, to buy access to other traps. You know, the handy thing is once you upgrade a trap from level one to level two, you'll only ever have access to the level two trap. But I love the fact that, you know, you can you can give your guys weapons like I uh, for this one. Of course, I'm I'm all fully upgraded because I've been playing this game for a long time. And sure. so I had access to like the Dwarven rocket launcher, which is as awesome as it sounds when you fire that thing and people just go flying in all directions. It's pretty awesome. Uh, and then things like the wind belt, you use it and it blows everyone backwards, which is great because then you can okay. you know, push, you could push people off balconies and whatever. All I did like to play this game, I loaded it up and I loaded my very favorite level, which is the tower, which is, you know, they come up the circular or not circular, but square staircase up to the top of the tower. And I just set myself up at the top of the tower and just, you know, create this death point. I actually recorded <laughs> it and I put it on uh, on Facebook. I thought I'd last about 10 minutes. I lasted 48 minutes. Oh, wow. Uh, 25 levels. And I just created this massive, this zone of death. Like it start, I would start with simple things like the oil, you know, the, the oil uh, floor bits that slow them down. And yeah. then I would put the pendulum on the ceiling so that it would go back and forth and just, you know, constantly going back and forth like the pendulum of a grandfather clock and just, right. you know, it would either kill them outright or would knock them into the wall where there was the spear wall like out of Raiders of the Lost Ark waiting for mm -hmm. them. And they've got, I think it's about a 15 or 20 second reload on them. And then that would, you know, they would smash into that and that thing would fire and throw them over the side. And I had all sorts of elven archers that would just sort of grind at them and I sort of slowly built the system up that to get to me, they had to go, you know, sort of two, three lengths of floor, like around a corner and then around a corner again. So by the time anyone actually got to the point where I needed to fire, there was very little left. And I just, <laughs> I found it so satisfying, but it was so chaotic. Like there were points where I would look around the corner and I could not see what was happening because of the smoke and everyone on fire and chunks of, of orcs everywhere and electrical storms and explode. It was just crazy. Like I was firing into a cloud of death, having no idea what I was hitting. <laughs> I was laughing my ass off while I was doing it. And it's, I mean, like that, that sounds a lot more entertaining than the experience I got out of this game. Yeah, the campaign isn't great. I actually... With the original Orcs Must Die, I was pissed off at a few things, starting with uh, you couldn't map the keys. Like, what PC game doesn't let you map the keys? That's ridiculous. But I get it. The game was made on a, on a budget of $3 and a box of Ritz crackers. Fine. They, you know, they put out a game and moved on. When they made Orcs Must Die 2, you know, they added all the bells and whistles that people requested from the first game. But more to the point, they added this this campaign, and I actually didn't enjoy the campaign of the second one nearly as much as the first one. Mm -hmm. So I played just enough to figure out the new mechanics, and then I abandoned the campaign altogether. And I went and just played the levels. Okay. And, you know, these games are not perfect. They're not awesome. They're not the very best. They're just really good, and they're really well made. And I was pleased to hear, though it was intended as a criticism, all the reviewers saying, yeah, it's just more orcs must die. It's the same look, and it's the same mechanics with a few extra things. But to me, I go, cool, that's what I want. Yeah. You know, I, I don't want something different. Don't reinvent the wheel. 
There's actually a fourth game called Orcs oh, Must Die Unchained, which okay. was their attempt at like a free-to-play multiplayer game. It went nowhere, they canceled it, and then essentially took the engine and the levels and said, let's make OMD3. That's what everyone's asking for. Let's sure. just, you know, it's sort of like when Runic Entertainment made uh, Torchlight 2 and said, well, we're not going to make Torchlight 3. So they tried something else and no one liked it. So they said, ah, I guess we're going to make Torchlight 3 so we can, <laughs> you know, so we can pay the ele electrical bill at the end right. of the month. And sometimes it's like, you know, just do what you do. And if you, if you do it well and people are throwing money at you because you do it well, keep doing it. There's nothing wrong with that. You know, it's sort of like Call of Duty. Why would they change the way they do it? if it works, if if yeah. people are going to give them money. I mean, it doesn't mean you shouldn't innovate, but and, and they did apparently for OMD3, but you know, these games have been very consistent. The first one I think was 2010, this is 2012. Now in, in 2021, they have the third one. If you like one, you'll like them all. And of course, in the middle of a, a Steam sale, which <laughs> will have passed by the time you hear this, it's an easy game to buy, I think. Like, you know, I think, it, I think at full price, OMD2 is like 10 bucks. So <laughs> yeah, I mean on on sale like you you find these games for like 60, 70, 80 percent off. It's not yeah. you're you're not losing money by buying it. You're not no, missing. No. You're not like okay, you're out four bucks. And maybe you only play the game for an hour or two, and you might not like it, or maybe you fall in love with it. Like yeah, it's it's not a bad swing, even if it is a miss. Yeah, and um, you know, it's, I mean, if you don't like. Uh, tower defense games then yeah it's not going to be your thing yeah. um, i find tower defense games strangely satisfying hmm. maybe it's it's a little bit of ocd but i just i find them very very satisfying to just clear these levels i mean it the all-time my all-time favorite is still uh defense grid the first one it's it's amazing but as far as action game goes i get a real kick out of this like i could see this being turned like this engine being used for a full-on action game it's a really well-designed engine and it looks great it's very cartoony but it's very cool. Yeah. Uh, and I get a kick out of it. So I absolutely recommend, you know, don't go buy the third one if you're not sure about these games, because it's like 33 bucks. Buy like the second one, see if you like it, then go buy the third one, because I'm buying yeah. the third one the day it's out. So, so yeah, there it is. There it is. Hey, Farron, we just got out of the happy-go-lucky trials and tribulations that is Orcs Must Die 2 with lots mm -hmm. of pretty explosions and um, carnage flying everywhere. How would you like to cool things down for a minute with some smooth jazz and uh, bombshells? Oh, God. This Welcome. game, man. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to This War of Mine. This is published and developed by 11-Bit Studios. It was released on November 14th, 2014, and it is available on Windows, OS X, Linux, Android, iOS, PlayStation 4, Xbox One, and the Switch. So the premise of This War of Mine is you are a bunch of civilian survivors trapped in the fictional city of Pogorin uh, Grasnavia. I don't, I, I don't know if that's the proper pronunciation for it. This whole thing is based on the Siege of Sarajevo, is, well, there is you the go. inspiring action for it. Okay. So yeah, you are, you are set in this fictional city and you are civilians. You are 
caught between two opposing forces. You don't go out in the day. During the day, there's snipers out, so you hunker down in your building, you build new pieces of furniture, you upgrade the house, you clean water, you cook food, and then at night, you go out and you forage the surrounding areas and you might bump into other people you might bump into traders you might bump into just a stockpile of supplies that have been all but abandoned but it's just a mad scramble survival until the random number generator says there's been a ceasefire you've survived so tell me about your experience with this game yeah um so and i mean this with no humor intended man i hated this game but it's also the most important game we've covered uh, and probably will be the most important game we ever cover. And the best way to describe that is to talk about other games. Uh, you know, we all play Call of Duty at some point or The Division or, you know, Battlefield or, or whatever. These games all glorify war. They're all, they, you know, uh, there was a French filmmaker who once said that all war movies are pro-war movies. They can't help but be because they're exciting and you're follow, you know, you're cheering the protagonists on. But you never actually get to experience what it's like to not be the guy with the gun, um, which is miserable enough, I'm sure, in real life. This is, you know, a simulation of the horrors of being what most of us would be, which is refugees in the middle of a war. And it's one of those things that I, I think that for our listeners, if you're, uh, you know, if you're a younger listener and you only play the Call of Duties, you should really be playing this game. And if you're an older gamer, you got you got kids who really think this is super exciting and, and all that. I think you, this is a game you should make them play because it is it is such a grind. Like these people are not going out there with AK-47s and taking out the enemy. They're the weakest, least powerful. They have the least agency of anyone. Because the one thing you never see in a in a, in a battle uh, in Call of Duty is civilians scattering in every direction. Uh, the only time I could ever think of that being true was the favela level from Modern Warfare 2. Uh, but even then, all they do is stick their head out, go, Ooh, and they run back in. Like, you can't yeah. kill them. Um, but the reality is, like, if you think of what, you know, I mean, I you're too young, but I remember the Siege of Sarajevo, right? Yeah, I, I definitely have, do not. Yeah, I served with people who were in, you know, who were not in Sarajevo, but who were on the ground yeah, as UN and later as NATO peacekeepers, oh, wow. right? I know people who were in Rwanda, okay? So, uh, you know, the stories that I experienced in this game, unfortunately, I've heard before in much more graphic detail from soldiers who told me, yeah, these those civilians, man, we watched, uh, we watched these guys go into that village and wipe them out, and there was zip we could do about it. Um, you know, it's it's such an important game to play especially if you like war games. I'm not talking like Fortnite. That's just silly. But if you're yeah. into the Call of Duty and the Battlefield games, like you think of Battlefield, was it Battlefield 4 that had moddable uh, environments, like like buildings that collapsed and there'd be floods yeah. and stuff like that. That seems cool until you realize, hang on, there were probably people in that building. Mm -hmm. How many people drowned when you blew up that, you know, that dam or something like that? And this game sort of brings that home. It sort of maybe takes you off the high you get from these exciting games. It's like, it was a rough game. There was no um, tutorial that I could find. Maybe it's just the mode I chose, but I had to sort of figure out what I was doing on my own. Like I realized I had to go looking for food when I noticed when one guy said, no, my tummy, my, my tummy is grumbling. And I looked at the kitchen and there was no food. So, oh, okay, what do I do? And one guy says, well, I have a fever. So I had him sit down. Well, I try to figure out how medicine works. And then, 
you know, one guy went outside and he got shot. It was just a flesh wound, he said, but ow, it hurts. Back inside, someone's shooting at him. You know, I had to sort of figure it out. And maybe that's maybe that's on me that I didn't choose the right mode. I don't know. No, um, the the game is not super intuitive to the first time player. And that's too bad because that would make it harder on younger players who are the ones who should be playing this game. You know, I keep thinking about when I was in the army, uh, when we did the stampede display, the first morning I did it, you know, brand new, for, I've only been in the army a year. And this kid walks up to me, oh kid, he's like, you know, 17. He says, where do I sign up? Like this guy thought I was gonna put a piece <laughs> of paper in front of him. He was gonna sign on the dotted line and we were gonna ship him off to Kosovo. Right. This, this kid really did think that. And today I would say, buddy, go sit down and play this war is mine understand what it is you're actually asking you know like there's i'm not sure how it works in the states but in canada if you want to join the army they purposely make you go through this process that is purposely slow it takes months you know you're it's, it's not like in the movies where you walk into the recruiting office and say sign me up sergeant they want you to take your time and i swear to god the the recruiting office should almost hand out like steam codes for this game you know <laughs> You know, this is the sort of thing where you, you kind of hope, like, teachers have their kids playing this. Well, you know, it's it's actually really funny that you should mention that. Well, funny, coincidental. But uh -huh, in yeah. 2020, the Polish Chancellor of the Prime Minister announced that mm -hmm. this war of mine will be added to the recommended reading list in Polish high schools. Really? For, That's yeah, for super the, awesome. Yeah, for the academic year of 2020-2021. And apparently, according to Wikipedia, I don't have mm -hmm. this source cited, but this is allegedly the first initiative in the world to add a video game to a recommended reading list in schools. Well, you know, if they play it, they might as well play something that uh, is going to resonate. And man, oh man, is this a game worthy of that. Absolutely. Uh, this is, there's nothing happy or pleasant and if you're in an introspective mood and you really think about the things that you're doing in this game and the things that these people are experiencing it's just yeah. just horrific oh you're making terrible choices and and you know yeah the what happened in like sarajevo is not is not like it was now things are back to normal but now this is happening in syria yeah and this is happening in a different context in the west bank and gaza strip and uh you know it's you know, it's different there because the people there are caught between, you know, a state army and, you know, freaking Hamas. But it's the same thing. Like, you are powerless to stop this. You are like, this is not an action movie. You do not cock your gun, leap out the window and take out the incoming enemy. It doesn't work like that. This you is know, survive. Yeah. That's and hard. that's the thing. And, and that's the thing. Like, it's it's exactly the sort of game that gamers need to play. I'm not even sure how I got it. I think it must have come to me through a humble bundle, um, but I but, right. and I just kept looking at it, going, I don't want to play that, man. I I don't want to touch that. So as much as it was brutal to play, I thank you for doing this because it's important. Like we play a lot of exciting games. Like we talked about a game where I said, isn't it cool that there are chunks of orcs flying off the walls, <laughs> sticking to the ceiling? Oh my God, wasn't that fun? And it is. Yeah. But, and, and I used to, before I couldn't play first-person shooters, I adored Battlefield and I adored Call of Duty. I played them all. Not online because I was never good enough, but I played first-person shooters and, you know, the Ghost Recon games are especially my favorites and all that. But, and, and for me, it was never an issue, mostly because, you know, I, I was in the military. I have heard the stories and, you know, I watched the news. I remember, you know, the Israeli invasion of Lebanon in like 1980 when I was like five. I remember these things. But for a lot of people, a lot of young'uns, 
forty six all they see is isn't this cool and this game is the anti cool yeah oh that you know? that yeah it is it is not there's nothing cool there's nothing heroic there's nothing uh there's nothing even really virtuous about what's happening it's just you make what decisions you have to to survive yeah you know yeah. i you, you play through this game and there will just be occasionally people who will make it to your home and knock on the door and ask for something and that could be anything from someone who's just wandering the streets to a woman and her daughter who were yeah. just attacked by soldiers and yeah. they're just looking for somewhere to bunker down and, and there's yeah. absolutely nothing that gives you warm and fuzzies in this game yeah i i lived as i was playing i lived in fear that i would acquire a female character mm. and that there would be there would be like rape in the game like i lived in fear of that like it came to the point where i had to stop playing i did not get through the hour because that's the nature of what these people live through the monstrosities and yeah but having said how terrible this game is like if you've got a uh, a young te or a teenager at all in your home who plays video games is thinking this stuff's so cool and I want to do this. Yeah, maybe make them play that game. Maybe sit them down and play with them, and make them make them give their head a shake. Make them understand this is what it looks like. You know, because like even some of the rougher war movies, like uh, what was the one with the, about the sniper in Stalingrad um, about Vasily Zaitsev? Uh, you know the one I'm talking about. Uh, no. Enemy, enemy at the gates. It's okay. one of the most brutal uh, war movies you're ever going to see. Also, really excellent, but they never show you really any civilians. The only people left in the city are uh, everyone has a gun. Okay. So you never get, you know, like what about the guy who has to hide in his basement because you know if he goes out he's going to get shot and who, who knows by which side? Like, and that's what this yeah. does. It drives home the point that the victims of war are civilians. Um, and that's that's one thing that this game does very well it does not mm -hmm. it does not politicize either side no it doesn't matter what either side is fighting for it all that matters to these people is they are caught in the middle of a war there is no there's no agenda there's no ideological anything in this game there's survival it's, it is just about telling the story of people having to live in a war zone and that is yeah it. Yeah, and especially Yugoslavia. Yugoslavia broke down into Serbia and Croatia and you know Kosovo and all these different places. And these people, there were concentration camps, there were mass rape. It was a horror on all sides. And civilians paid the price for that. I kept thinking of one image as I played this game, and that was that the, uh, like Sarajevo had the Olympics in the 80s, I think. Yeah. Um, and their stadium became a graveyard during yes. the Civil War. And I kept thinking back to that stadium, which was a graveyard, and I couldn't help but think about that. I didn't realize it was this whole thing was meant to be about the siege of Sarajevo. I didn't realize that until you told me. And yeah, that's it did its trick. Yeah. Um, but of course, to a lot of young gamers, that's ancient history. It's from the 90s. Yeah, it's um, it's going to go over a lot of people's heads. They should play but, it anyway. Yeah, exactly. I think we're both on the same page on that yep. one. Um, it's not a game that I go back and play frequently, but on occasion I will just go back and sit down and and really want to experience a story. And yeah. goddamn, if it's not a story. Um, oh yeah. yeah. What about yourself? Are you going to take take any time to go back to this? I, I feel like that's going to be a no from you. Yeah, probably not. Um, yeah, I, I've already uninstalled it, and it's not that I don't like it. It's just that I can't. I don't like it. <laughs> it's you know it's I mean? heavy. Like, I, yeah, yeah, it's heavy, but it's not a new experience for me. I'm, I mean, you know, I consume news like a madman. I read yes. more news in a in a day than many people do in, in a month. Um, <laughs> so, you know, 
to me, this is a game of a gamified version of stuff that I read about and understand very well. This game wasn't intended for me. Yeah, that's fair. Um, that's perfect. It's intended for the kid who plays Call of Duty and thinks it's freaking awesome and wants to do it in real life. Make him play it. So that's yeah. very true. All right. Well, there it is. There it is. Yeah, it was a hell of a game. Yeah, I I kind of figured that that one was going to be a bit of a bit of a heavier hit, but you know what? It's like, important. It's the most yeah. important game we've covered. So it, it, it seemed like it was good content and it would generate good discussion. And I Absolutely. thought that it did, especially with your you know background in the military, your yeah. knowledge of those historical events. I figured that we'd get yeah. some good conversation out of it. You know, it's funny. It's it's, it's a story that I, I wouldn't tell because it's it's a funny story. But um, just after I joined the army, is when things got bad in Kosovo. And I volunteered. We were supposed to have the Minister of National Defense come to visit Mawada Armory just on a tour. You know, he does these things. Sure. And I was chosen for the honor guard. Well, mostly because I, I was available because I was a university student. and I had a gap in my schedule so I could be there that day. So I wasn't so much chosen as I raised my hand because I'm an idiot. Um, <laughs> so anyway, I'm at work one day and the clerk for my unit calls my house. Private there. And no, my mother says. Well, let private know that he doesn't need to come to the armory. The minister of national defense isn't coming. And my mother says, oh, that's too bad. And he said, yeah, he's got better things to do. He's gone to Kosovo. And my mother misunderstood. Oh. And she thought I was going to Kosovo. Oh. And she said, what? He just joined the army. Like, oh, no, 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 ma'am. No, the minister of national defense is going there to visit the troops. And it was a joke in my unit for a month. Hey, you packed and ready to go to Kosovo. I mean, it's, it's funny, but at the same time, my mother had this sudden fear. Oh, my God. Yeah. You know, my son is oh. going into the middle of, at the time, the most protracted war zone in the world. It was terrifying for her. But oh, it I is can a only fun imagine. 